Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome, welcome, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. I really appreciate it. I am super excited that you're on. You have so much wisdom and such a beautiful story to share, and I can't wait to dive into it. But before we do, ladies and gentlemen, today we have Jennifer LaPlege on our show, and she's the owner and CEO of Pure and Simple, the new restaurant in paradise, which is freaking amazing. She's a mom, an entrepreneur, a go-getter. She's just an amazing human but I can't do you justice. So can you just take a moment and introduce yourself and just tell our podcast listeners who you are and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Gina, thank you so much for helping me. My name is Jennifer LaPlege. Um, I was originally a king. That's LaPlege is my married name. I grew up here in Newfoundland, Dunville, Pacentia Bay. And at the young age of 21, packed up and moved to France. I lived there for almost um, 20 years. I moved back for my 40th birthday. And I, you know, right now I've just opened a restaurant five years later, which is absolutely amazing. And there's a whole lot of story there to share and how I've gotten from, like I said to you earlier, little Jennifer, Jennifer King from Dunville to where I'm to right now. A very proud, proud woman, a very proud mom and a very proud entrepreneur. And so you should be what you've created. So just before we dive in, I really want to give you an experience. So I'm a foodie, like I am a food snob and there's nothing that makes me more excited than going to a restaurant and being happy. So as you know, I went to your restaurant recently and a good friend of mine came and every single bit, it was an experience. Like when I ordered my latte and she asked me if I wanted cinnamon or chocolate on top, I was like, oh girl, you got me. (laughs) Yes. And the servers, like it was a full experience. Like what you have created is just simply amazing. And we're going to dive into all that first, but I want to just talk a little bit about your story and how you got into entrepreneurship. Can you tell our listeners like how you got into entrepreneurship? Were you always an entrepreneur? And just gave our listeners a little, I guess, glimpse of how you got to where you are. So, yeah, I think I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. And I spent a long time on that question, basically from the time I returned back to Newfoundland um, to where I'm to right now, I thought about opening a creperie. I thought there was multiple Airbnbs, um, you know, uh, a little resort, like a kind of hideaway. I have, I have plans, but I never found anything that fit me so well as when I discovered pure and simple. It was it was just like it's been there for me. And I, 
that's something too that I wanted to share. You don't always have to know what you're doing to all of a sudden find something that fits perfectly and not be able to explain, you know, to most people why. I know in my heart why Pure and Simple was so important. It ha- it's a Canadian-based franchise. It has a French twist to it. It does fresh products. The aesthetics is beautiful inside the restaurant as the same, as you said, on the plate that you bring out. We bring from just your regular coffee to an espresso that is divine. I love a good coffee. And one of the things living in France, you always sit and enjoy your coffee. You never walk. And that it's all of this kind of brought me to pure and simple. And I think the reason why I'm getting such a good feedback is because it's my, it's my baby. I, I love it so much. Every part of it from, you know, the, one of the co-founders being a woman to like, I explained Canadian based, the, the structure it's, I always say I live my life simply and then to find a, a brand that called pure and simple. It's just, it just fit me perfectly. As my family, they still can't believe that I found this. That is absolutely beautiful. And that's one of the cool things about like the universe or whatever you believe in is that these things, they just fall into your lap and you can't explain them and don't even bother to try to explain why these (laughs) things happen. Right. But I love what you said because you didn't have any previous restaurant experience when you decided to make this move. No, I really didn't. I mean, I I've worked in a restaurant. I've worked in um, a bar. I've, I've had since coming back. I mean, it hasn't, that's something else that I like to touch on. It hasn't been easy finding a job, being a single mother at that time, there was four children at home and, you know, they ask a few questions and back and forth. And I've had a lot of people take a big chance on me hiring me. And it gave me that job in the bar and I got to see things and learn things and, you know, how to like, how to bring people in on a slow Wednesday night, you know, all of these things came together and every job that I've had from my first job back doing inventory in grocery stores to, to working at DFO doing um, HR and accounting brought me to where I'm to right now. So it's my path was definitely very windy up and down, but it's made me as strong as I am right now. Oh, I love that. And we often don't look at our transferable skills. Like we, we kind of just say, oh, these are skills for this job and this job, but you didn't do that. You really looked at all of the things that you've had and all the jobs that you did. And you're like, no, these can be transferable. And one of the, I think my favorite thing about you is your dedication. Like your journey has been nothing but you know, challenges, like you've had challenges, which we're going to dive into shortly, but I don't want people to assume that your journey has been easy because it's been nothing but. Honestly, I mean, it's been very hard. I've had to fight for everything that I have right now from keeping my family together to making sure my children are okay, to paying my bills. It's all on me. There's nobody else. So it's all on me. And to be able to be where I'm to right now, I know I'm very lucky to have a very good family behind me. My parents, my sister, I call her my cheerleader. Every time I call her, she, she's, uh, I'll, you know, I'll get that fear. What have I done now? And she's like, Jennifer, you got this. And she cheers me on and I'm very grateful. But I still, when it comes down to it, it's all on Jennifer if I sink or swim. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's been rough, honestly. I think the biggest thing about 
the last few years was when I moved back to Newfoundland, I had this expectation of how easy life was going to be. And that like to go from what made me leave Newfoundland and what made me leave France, the passing of my husband to moving back to Newfoundland and thinking it was going to be easy. It was not. It was from having to try and get a credit card when you have zero, you haven't lived in a country for 20 years to trying to purchase a house, a car, getting a telephone, um, trying to make friends again to, and then trying to get a job and actually feel fulfilled. And the child care system that's here and all of the obstacles that I, I had to do in that first year back, honestly, it was exhausting, but I had my mom behind me who was my, who was always there to help with the childcare. I had my sister who was cheering my aunt, my aunt, my brother, who was always there to help me out when I had a question, things that I didn't know about. And, you know, it's, it was really rough. Honestly, I think I had such high expectations coming back here to starting a new life and everything being, you know, all happy and cheery. It was not the first year or so was it was unbelievably physically, emotionally, financially, every aspect was draining. And what I learned through that year was, you know, I thought I had hit rock bottom after my husband passed. It can sometimes get a lot worse because, you know, uh, that situation, it was so bad, but then I had the hope of coming home and being able to start again. And And to, you know, and it just didn't go the way that I had it planned in my mind. And it really made me realize that I can do this. Like it's, it is bad. It's not easy. It's tough on everyone. But at the same time, I did it. I I went in and, and, and did those jobs inventories. I went into those bars and I scrubbed those toilets. Like I did absolutely everything I had to do to get ahead. And Sometimes that meant leaving the house at 4.30 in the morning to go do a job. And sometimes it meant coming home at five o'clock in the morning because I was closing that bar. But I wouldn't be where I'm to right now without doing all of those things. Nothing was handed to me. I did have a, a lot of people give me a chance, but I worked very hard for those people. And I think I did myself and I did them well in every job I've ever had. Okay, there's so much in everything that you just said. No, no, don't apologize. You're amazing. And I love your strength and your resilience. And I can guarantee you there are people listening to this podcast who are getting strength from your story. So thank you. Being vulnerable and sharing these bits of our story is hard. The easy thing would have been to come on and say, yeah, my store is doing great. It's all fantastic. And, you know, things are all shiny and great. But you have legit built this from the ground up. Like there could be no clearer way to say it. And you coming back to Canada, just grieving the loss of your husband and that in itself, even if that was the only thing, like that is such a hard thing. I obviously don't know what what that feels like, but I can only imagine the pain and then trying to hold it together for your children, being there for your children, trying to navigate the workforce. But what I love about you is that you didn't quit. You had every reason, Jennifer, to throw in the towel and to say, you know what, this is just not for me. You know, I'm just going to, you know, just sit back and and sit in your your grief. But you didn't. No, it was that was never an option for me. I think after my husband passed, I went into a, a severe state of shock and 
I remember um, at the at the funeral when I was coming out, the priest said something to me that I I will never share. And I am not an extremely religious person, but he very he touched me. He touched me somehow, and it's something just changed in me that. I had the realization that right now, as bad as this situation is, my youngest was only a year and a half and she needed her mom. Financially, we were in a very bad situation, very bad. And I was living in a foreign country with all of these children with very little funds. And what what am I going to do? So it was either, you know, put on your big boy pants, Jennifer, and find a way. And that was the start of it for me. I we had invested into um, a warehouse, which was called a Shea. They would store cognac there. And we had had a plan to renovate that. When my husband passed, there were supposed to be three apartments. There was one that was about 80%, the second one, nothing. And I, I literally just, I just started. I, I started knocking on doors. I went to the banks. I I begged. I, 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 I did everything I could. I went to local artists and I asked them to lend me paintings to put on the walls. I did Ikea parties. I had friends drive me to Ikea to pick up furniture and then put it together and offer them pizza to help me. I, I did so much. He passed in February, in May, I had them finished. By the end of June, I also was able to scrape up a little bit, do a few renovations in my own home. And I rented that. And I came home that summer with four children in tow. And I said to my mom, I said, I can get us home. I can get us back to France. But I literally, I have no money for groceries. I am in a really bad situation right now. But I know if I do this, if I invest absolutely everything I have, it will help me start again. And I took a huge chance. And I went against so many people because they wanted me to start at apartments and that's another lesson I learned at that point. And I went beyond and I did Airbnb that at that point in France, it was not a big thing. And I learned so much about location, about contacts, about marketing. And I was able through that summer to get myself back on my feet, pay off my debt and have a little, I always say success is in the eye of the beholder. I didn't need much. I really didn't. But it was enough for me financially to be able to at least hold on to what I had and to also give me confidence that what's next? What can I do? My God. And I I did that. And I went back then and September, I put my house up for sale. My house sold really quick because I had I had learned a few things about um, the aesthetics and, you know, and and being reasonable in a market. It's one of the most important things. You know, if you've got a good product and the price is reasonable, you don't need to elevate it. Do be nice to everybody. And it worked out really well for me. I sold my house and I moved back then to Newfoundland, but like that was rough. Like from February till May, June, I would get up. I dropped the little one at daycare. Um, The other ones would go to school. I'd go and work at the apartments for a few hours. I'd come back. My 13-year-old would prepare supper. She would hold on to the two little ones that were one and a half and five. My 14-year-old would come work with me until 12, one o'clock at night. And then we'd do the day over again. And it, it also built us as a family to, we knew we needed each other. We knew that's all that we had. Like my parents had to go back home. My sister had to go back home. I was left in that country by myself again. 
And it really brought us very close. And to this day, these children, they still amaze me. My daughter's working with me in the restaurant. My my son came over the first evening and brought me a bottle of Prosecco, like, because it's, they are, they are through all, everything that they've been through from leaving their home, their country where they grew up to losing their dad, to having to start over, to learn a new language, to learn a new culture. They, they just, I'm amazed by them and I can see the resilience in them. And I'm so proud. I am just beyond proud of us. And I, I mean, of my children, but also of myself, because I do give myself credit for everything that I have done. And I think they do the same. So it's, it's really good. I feel really good about it. And so you should, like, I'm getting very emotional over here just hearing you tell your story, but your kids are a reflection of how you show up for them and how you are showing them how to live. Like what a beautiful gift you are giving your children every day in the moment of pain and grief and sorrow. You're showing them how to be resilient. You're showing them how to go for things, how to work hard, how to make stuff happen And one of the things that you said, I really want to kind of circle back to is that you said you disappointed a lot of people who were maybe projecting their thoughts, their beliefs on you. How did you know that this was the thing to do? And because I'm sure there's somebody listening who was like, oh, yeah, I have somebody in my life who is saying that I can't do these things or telling me I should do this. And it can be very confusing because you're trying to make that right decision for you and your family. And I know our listeners are, too. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey and how you navigated that? I think it was, um, I was at a very fragile point in my life too. And I was very, I was dependent on a lot of people emotionally to, to help me get through. And what I learned is that everybody wants the best for you, but their best might not be your best. And it just happened at that moment when all of a sudden i was i was so close to finishing those apartments and i was so tired i was physically exhausted my children were tired and i just knew that it was something i i mean i lived in newfoundland i lived in canada we're in you know the difference between europe and north america i knew that i had something special i could feel it in my heart i could not explain it the location was amazing i knew i just knew i could do it i didn't know how I didn't even know how to put up a website. I didn't know how, but I knew I had something. And from the time that I knocked on doors again, looking for sheets, who has a, who, who can I contact that can get me in contact with somebody who can give me nice sheets? Nice sheets are important. A good mattress is important. Okay. What else do I need? And I just started with a list and all of a sudden I was in the town of Cognac and knocking on their door and saying, do you guys ever like do any kinds of festivals where you need, you know, places to put. And all of a sudden I had all of these rentals, they were rented, they were rented and they were looking for more. And I had to then that was it. And I mean, I did, I did offend very close family because of it, because they thought I should stop, but I wouldn't been able to live the way that we've been able to live these past few years. I don't know how I knew, or I don't know why I knew. Just followed your gut. (laughs) I just followed my gut and I jumped in and I said, this is it. I got it. I've come this far. It can be better. Let's do it. And I I did it all by myself. And I learned from that point, know your audience. Such a powerful message. And that's for like all business owners. You need to know your audience. 200% because 
you, everybody, no matter how strong you are or how good you feel or how confident or how much, you know, you're saying those affirmations to yourself, there's always that little doubt. And it takes nothing for that to become larger and to eat away at you. And as I started to get to the point where I was transitioning from getting ready to open the restaurant to actually opening it, oh, that was tough. I'd wake up with night sweats. I'd call my sister in the morning and I just knew I had to stay focused, that it was normal that I was stressed. It was normal that I was questioning what I was doing and questioning myself, not knowing what I was doing. And I just had to go and find that person, that one person who was going to back me and not provide any doubt because it was too late at that point anyway. So you couldn't back out. (laughs) I couldn't back out, right? And it wasn't going to help the situation at all. And I had to know who I could talk to. And I learned it from that experience. I really did. And it's, it, it is what it is. Like I said, people really, most people are out looking out for the best of you, but there's not a lot of people that would pack up at 21 with a four-year-old and move to a foreign country when they've never been on a plane before. I don't like you're, you're leaving me speechless. And like, this doesn't happen very often. (laughs) So there's a couple of things there. Um, You know, you were talking about like opening day and, you know, this can be like, whether you're launching something, a product or a course or whatever, there's always this doubt. And as you kind of navigate the entrepreneurial world, I'm sure you can relate that there's always this level of doubt Anytime you're about to go to the next step, the next stage, the next, you know, and it's really important not to listen to that voice and those egos and to have somebody who's going to be like, no, 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 here, you know, this is why you started and keep you on that track and remind you that you can do it. And I love how you said that you knew that you had to do it. You didn't necessarily know how, but you were resourceful enough to make it happen and to figure it out. I I think, you know, I, I do. I'm resilient and I'm, I'm a certain level of confident, but I am extremely resourceful. And no matter what happens, if there's an issue with my car or an issue with my house or with my children or an activity, I just keep, I keep on, like, I, I came to you, I ask questions and I, I always just keep on really, really trying to um, find a way because there's somebody out there that has an answer for you. And they don't know that you've asked five people before them. It's like when I'm lost, I get lost in all kinds of countries. I'm okay with that. I'll stop and go around another corner and ask somebody else again for a direction. I have zero shame. And I think that's one of my, one of my strong points is that I often say, I don't know. I really do not know a lot of the times what I'm doing, but I guarantee you, I will try and I will find the information needed. And I will make it work. I will get it to work one way or the other. When I worked in the, in the car dealership, that was one thing in service. And I mean, when I got that job, I learned so much about vehicles. I just started asking questions and no questions is a stupid question. If you really don't know the answer. Absolutely. But I I love that because there is no shame and it's okay not to know things. I think sometimes when we go into entrepreneurship, we feel we have to put this brave face on and pretend that we know things, but it's, it's not useful. (laughs) No. And I do think also as a woman, that's something that, um, we kind of put this protective shell around ourselves Yes, and it's not, it's not helpful at all. And I don't know where it comes from or if it comes from society or from ourselves or as a child, but I see it so often and I know now I can read people's faces pretty well. 
And if I ask a question, you don't know the answer. That's okay. Cause I don't know it either. So we need We're to just together. move on. <laughs> exactly. We just yeah. need to move on and find somebody else. We go together hand in hand and we'll ask that question. Yeah. They don't know. We'll drag them with us too. Absolutely. There's so much. I don't know. But I find it so great because I'm able to learn so much because I don't have that that proudness in me. I, we call it fierty in French, but I don't have that proudness in me. I really don't. I am who I am. And this is a package that you get. That's it. Like there's no more to it. I'm straightforward. That's amazing. And it's funny because I remember very early in my teaching career, I remember saying to my students like, I may not know all the answers. And if you ask Miss a question, I, and if I don't know, then I will get the answer for you. But I remember very early on making a promise to myself that I would never pretend that I had it all together. Because if you are pretending to be perfect, what kind of role model are you being for the people around you? You're not giving people permission to fail. I'm using air quotes. I don't like the word fail, but to mess up, to ask questions, to be vulnerable, to be like, you know what? I just don't know it. We're not meant to know everything, but the resourcefulness of, okay, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find the answer. That's where the magic is, in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree completely that um, it, it provides us with a certain level of strength and authority. And I think as women, especially, we need to acknowledge that and realize that, you know, we do not have to have all the answers. We are multitaskers. We are people pleasers as in general. I hate generalizing. You do quotes. I hate generalizing. Yeah. But it, it is what it is. And I I don't know. I just I just go out there and I always say, you know, why try to beat through the wall when you can just walk through the door? Just go through the door. Ask the question. And it, I find I get a very good reception when I say I don't know, but I guarantee you I will get you that answer. I will figure it out. Of course, because once again, it gives other people that human experience of, oh, right. Like she doesn't know how cool is that, that she's confident enough to say she doesn't know, but she's going to get the answer. And coming mm -hmm. from a leader perspective, I think that gives your team below you and all of your, your staff that permission to be more honest and open. Because if you are afraid to make a mistake, if you're afraid to say, I don't know how to do that, just think about the actions that stem from that. And, the, and how it can corrupt relationships and communication. And I just think you cannot lose if you're honest and open and say, you know what? I just don't know. No. And I say it all the time to everyone at work. There's so much I don't know. I know what I know. And I'm very good at numbers. I'm very good at organizing. I'm very good with people. Mm -hmm. You ask me about ordering a, a huge Cisco order. I don't know. I really don't, but I've done it now and I'm getting pretty good at it because I went to the people who I knew would have my answers or if not, they would direct me somewhere else. And I find that in the restaurant, I say it now when I ask a question, I'm like, do you know? And they're like, no, do you know? And I'm like, no. Okay. So let's go, let's go see who knows. Right. I There's love always it. somebody, but even on a, on a bigger level, if you don't give people permission to say what they need to work on, then they're never going to be given that safe place to work on. So if there's a skill that you want your staff to have and they are not in a comfortable space to say, I don't know, they're never going to improve. So there's always going to be a lack in their ability. 
And it's not their fault if the environment around them does not foster change and questioning and asking for help, right? It just reminds me so much about being back in the classroom and just providing the safe space for people to be human and to say they need help and to say that they don't understand in a place where they're not going to be judged. You know, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. It is, it is. And that's what I'm trying to do. It is certainly not easy at all, especially when you're um, in a restaurant that's busy and everything needs to flow. If not, you know, you kind of can have a domino effect, but yeah, I try and I acknowledge when I don't know and when I'm wrong. And one of the things I've always said to everybody there, just be honest, just say, just say it, just spit it out and say it. And then we acknowledge it and we move on. That's it. Absolutely. Beautiful lesson for anybody, for any relationship, business relationship, personal relationship. I think communication is definitely the key that's going to move you forward. There's no doubt. If you were to say that you had like a challenging aspect of the business right now, what would you say is the most challenging thing that you're going through currently? Right now is balance. Mm. It's really hard. Um, so I leave here in the morning. I need to be at the restaurant really by six fifteen. I do not get home. I got home early this evening. It was quarter, well about six o'clock. That's not bad. That's about twelve hours. That's a good day. I never got home last night until almost ten, and I start every day the exact same. But I went into this knowing, to a certain degree, not to this. Um, that it would be challenging. It would be hard. And when I made the decision to jump into opening pure and simple, I took it on like training for a marathon. Like literally I started to do the five o'clock club, um, getting up early, going to bed early, exercising. I was exercising six or seven times a day. I made sure I tried a to day. No, sorry, five or six times a week. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. I had to make sure that I was like, we got to change that. <laughs> but I walked, I would walk like probably yep. three times a day. It was the first time in my life I ever worn out a pair of sneakers. I was, that's, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be in a mindset, a physical, emo- everything needs to come into place or Jennifer, you're not going to last. Yeah. And I have to last. Like I said, I'm the only person for my children and I hold that very dearly that I am, there's no way I'm going down. And I knew it was going to be challenging. Now the four weeks in not seeing my children a lot. And, you know, I always had this, you know, idea that they would come to the restaurant and we'd sit and we'd have a meal. I haven't had a meal with them yet. I I have, they've ate there and it's been great. I cannot do that. But I do realize that right now, this is a time that I need to invest to learn everything I can possibly learn. And it's like my baby. I put so much into this that I do want to. And I know that I've provided for my children that they are in a good, safe place. And they also need for their mom to be fulfilled because they will grow up, they will move out and they need to know that they need to make themselves a priority. And one of the things that it's really important to me beyond anything else to, for me personally, to be a good parent I have to be a happy camper and I was not happy before where I was not unhappy, but it's not the happiness that I wanted. And I, it, this, I know it's hard, especially on my youngest, but that's it. It is what it is. 
and it's for a certain amount of time. And I'm doing this for beyond anything else for myself. And I'm extremely proud and it's okay to be, I hate the word selfish, but there's not a better term to think of yourself and to make yourself happy because I want my children to do this for themselves. I do not want them ever think that their dreams are not attainable because they, they have somebody else depend on them, a spouse or, or, or children or anything else that you go do you and you, you excel, you be excellent. You do whatever it is that makes you happy. And then the people around you will also have that feeling and that power and that capability to be happy in themselves. I think you just like did all the mic drops in a row there. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. That's amazing. I just kind of, I just kind of, woohoo. <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. And there's just so many lessons that you're sharing, but back to just um, the balance piece. I really hate the word balance because I do think that balance looks like, looks differently for every single person. And mm-hmm. I think like you just said, like this is a season where, yeah, you're going to have to be working 12 hour days it's not always going to be like this. Like you did a lot of prep to get your body to a really healthy peak. um, And this will not last forever. When it gets to a stage where it's maintainable, you're going to be able to take that step back. And then you're going to have more freedom with your family then. That is, that is the plan. I know how long um, I plan on keeping this up at this level, yeah. even with, you know, the restaurant going well and everything I, I want. I have a date that I'm working towards. And I've also I've taken a lot off my plate. I've taken um, the children's activities. It was clearly I cannot do everything. Yeah. And I would not be a happy camper driving and rushing and being late and everything else. So activities are off. And you know what? Children are doing great. Of course, they're they having are. a blast, right? So my running, I'm trying to make sure that I have them in everything, that they're well-rounded. We're just taking a little pause. They're going to be okay. They are learning their own resilience and they're going to get back to those things. And, you know, I love that you have a date that you're working towards and you're bringing your family involved in it. So what you said early on in the podcast about all these transferable skills Like, just think about the transferable skills your children are going to have when they decide on the goal they want to go for. I can already see it in them right now. Um, I can see it in in my my sweet Ruben. I can see, you know, when he goes out there and and he was a defense player and he really wanted to be a goalie and he's 11. He played All-Stars. And I was like, I don't think it's a good idea, Ruben. There's, you know, we have to talk about it. It's a lot more pressure, you know, the emotional aspect of it. And then like, what about all the gear and you're not going to be on the same teams. And he really wanted, he convinced me, he convinced me and he's out living his best life. He just has it. I can see him when he goes there, that determination, he digs, he skates in like a bull. And all I could do is like, you go kid. I am so proud of him. And they already have it in them from, uh, from their piano skills and just doing it and knowing that like their practice will make them good to, being able to figure out how to do things. My other daughter places the grocery order. Ruben can order a skip order. Like we, we, we have this thing where everyone helps each other out, but at the same time, it's helping them realize that they are pretty strong from an eight-year-old to my 20-year-old that what they're capable of is absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. And even just the fact of you know, most kids, they're looking around for approval. They're looking around for 
to see what other people are doing and to follow suit. But your kids are like, no, 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 this is my goal, mom. Like, I'm going to do this. I don't need to be with my friends. I don't need to do this. This is something that I want for me. Holy shit. What I wouldn't do to have that insight (laughs) at a younger age and not look for external validation. So I think you leading by example and showing your kids that, you know what, people are not always going to agree with you. People are going to impose what they think on you. Um, and they're going to try and persuade you to do different things, but you're teaching your kids to really tap into what they want and then to work their ass off to get it. And those skills are very rare these days. They are, but at the same time, also as a mother, it's sometimes I can do it for myself. I can do it for the young, but as I see my children getting older, I do find myself sometimes saying, what have I done? Like, where are you going to go? I need to be that person then and not be, you know, that thought in the back of my head saying, I don't know if that's a good idea. Have you really thought that out? No, I just need to listen and say, you go, you do you, because I guarantee you that no matter what happens, I will always have your back. And that was something I taught my children very, very young that I'm able to do everything that I can do because I know my parents will always be there for me. And to have that, that foundation as a person, as a young adult, as a mother, and now as, as an entrepreneur, it's huge. And it I is. always say to them, we're very lucky to have the family that we have. And you need to like understand that on this level, it gives you a certain level of freedom. It gives you wings. It does. It does. I know it'll always, will always be okay. I say it all the time. I'm like, we're okay. We're always okay. Like no matter what happens, we've seen bad. We've been through really, really, really bad. It could not have gotten any worse. So now I know we'll always be okay. We'll always be okay. I just want to talk about that phrase for a second. Like I've talked to a lot of people on their journeys, sharing their stories and, you know, what gets them through, how they kind of navigate the challenging times. And I kind of look at that as your mantra, like you are living your life saying that no matter what happens, we're going to get through it. And if you take a look at this is the thing that you're living your life by, no wonder your actions are bold and beautiful and you're just going for it because you have this idea that you have trained yourself to believe. Yes. You know, you have really adopted this and you have taught it to your kids and you're like, this is what I choose to believe. And therefore, all of the actions that you have taken, all the things that we've talked about, I think are fueled by the things that you think and the mantras that you say to yourself. And then you're teaching these things to your kids and the same thing. And you can also flip it on the other side. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are like, nothing is working out for me. My life is just so hard. And then you look at their actions and you look at how they're living their lives. So I just think this comes full circle to what you think and how you believe in yourself. It is the, the catalyst to your success, I believe. I, I do believe so too, but to get, I was not always this person. The death of my husband certainly changed me dramatically. It changed on the way I saw things. I lived a comfortable life. I was a, basically a stay-at-home mom. I loved my children. I was a super party planner. I was a, I did all of these things really well. I was not the strong independent individual, but when you don't have a choice all of a sudden, 
Yeah. Like I said, you either decide you're going to sink or swim. And there was no way that I was going to let myself or my children go down. So it's, it's, it's just funny because I don't want to come across either as like you said, having it all together or, you know, I always had this drive and this ambition and this certain level of go-getter or confidence, whatever you wish to call it. It's taken me, like I said, from learning to talk to myself another way. And that was something I started years ago. I have little post-its up. I have something on the on my mirror in my bathroom that's been there for two years. And I love it. And my children come in, they see it. When we go in the car and I turn something on and you know, you're telling yourself how strong you are and you figure out those little key things. It gives you that like, I know now I walk into a room, I can have a certain level of confidence. I don't need to know it all. I really don't. And I'm overall a pretty shy person, but I can walk in there by telling myself, you got this. Like, Everyone here is just as nervous as you are. They don't know what they're talking about either. <laughs> and that's all okay. Totally. It's all okay. Everyone's wondering, you know, is my skirt right? Do my shoes? Oh, I shouldn't have <laughs> wore that. Like everybody's in the same boat. You put your shoulders back and you say, I got this. I'm, I'm good. Like I'm really good. You can go so far. It's all in the way that you talk to yourself, the way like people do it for their children. And they don't do it for themselves. It makes me yes. so frustrated. It's so true. And we are kind to other people. We're kind to our friends. If our friends say something demeaning about themselves, we're the first to go like, ah, ah, ah. but then we're tearing our own selves down. But I, I love the fact that you brought up the difference before and now, and you were given this opportunity to, like you said, sink or swim, and you chose to swim. Everybody who's listening has a story, has a hardship, has, or maybe they're even going through it right now where they're like, I am in my heart right now. I am in my challenging time. And I think those words of advice of you get to choose how you navigate it and you get to choose if you move forward or if you stay where you are. And it comes from totally believing in yourself, how you talk to yourself, the actions that you take, even if you're scared. Oh, I'm scared all the time. Like I told you, I'm waking up in the middle of the night multiple times and just jolted. Like, what have I done? But one of my biggest things was after my husband passed was I had that realization. He, he never wanted to go. It was not, he lived his life full. He, he was so young and he is now gone and here I am. So I can't mess this up because he would, he doesn't want to be gone. It's not where he wants to be. And now he's gone and I'm here. I do not have the right to do poor me's at this point. Right. I do not. Ooh. I need to get up and stand up and be proud and realize that I'm very lucky to be here. I am extremely lucky that day that he passed. It makes you realize how fragile things are and you should be damn grateful to be here on this earth and use every day to your advantage. And some people now they find it a bit a lot because I do a lot in a run of a day, mm -hmm. but I have so much joy from the time I get in my car till I turn my music on blast till I don't know, till I'm in my bed with my nice pajamas that I am very grateful every day to be alive. And it's, it's every another day that I have to do something. If I want to stay home and lie in bed all day, if I want to go out with friends, if I want to go open a restaurant or if I want to cuddle with my little one, my toes on her, it's all of that, that 
I'm just, I don't know. I just felt it after he passed that that I need to start being more grateful and realizing those little things and just go with it. Just go with it 150% and feed that into my children. I think that was actually the catalyst to make myself more confident, to make myself more independent. And the sky's the limit because when you, you have a fear, the fear is always in me. It's bigger than most people realize. I have a huge fear and I have certain confidence that really I have, still have to work on a lot. But what's the worst that's going to happen? That's I've right. seen the worst and, and that's yeah. not where I'm going. So no. get out there and just do it. Do it. Even when you're scared, even when, you know, things might seem like they're insurmountable, just do it. It's the only way you're going to bypass all those fears is just to keep taking action and to, to keep going. Do you have bad days? Oh my goodness. Yes. Really. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. When you put so much into everything you do, I, I have a little heart on my sleeve. And I, I always say, I don't care. I care for very few people, but I care for them extremely deeply. And I am not an overly affectionate person, but when I touch somebody in the arm, it means a lot. I put absolutely everything I have in me. And then sometimes it just don't work out for whatever reason. I know one of the children could be upset or a relationship or whatever could be. I, I find that really hard. It's like now with the restaurant, I put so much into it. And then if something don't go from, you know, a plate that's messed or an employee who's not happy or I forgot an order and I have to... It, it can really, really, really bother me. And what I have learned is that it's okay to be down. It's okay to say, you know, I'm not okay right now. I am not okay. I need a moment. I need to walk away and I'm not okay. But I know tomorrow morning when I get up, I'm going full force again. I guess at almost 45 years old, this summer, uh, I've grown that far that I'm able now to have enough confidence to say, I love with absolutely everything in my being, in my soul. And sometimes that can be hard and it can be extremely hard, but it is what it is. And I wouldn't change it for a second because I get so many good moments, so many good moments because I live life at 200%. Like I said, from taking a bunch of children in a car at the last minute and going to Sunshine Park and the music and getting ice cream. And I embrace everything that I do very deeply. And it can be a lot for some people. They don't really understand mm -hmm. and they don't get how I can go with the energy that I have and the passion that I have and continue. But it's just, it's in my guts, Gina. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's something that's yeah. in my guts. I'm, I'm just very grateful for everything. And it's, it's, I don't have words enough to explain it, but then it's also very hard. Yeah. I, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I love and feel so deeply. And when you have a business <laughs> and things don't go right and you have such a big heart and you love so deeply and things get misconstrued and people might say things that are not true, like, it pierces my heart. Like I, I can, when you say you can't explain it, like I, I can feel it on such a deep level because I totally know that, but here's the way that I look at it because I can feel that so deeply. It allows me to feel all of my other emotions so deeply. So 
the feeling of joy for me and like the little things, finding the happiness and the gratitude I feel because I can feel on both ends of the spectrum, it allows me to find the joy. So I kind of, I'm trying, this is still a progress, you know, I'm still in progress with this one, but really trying to embrace all of my emotions. And I'm so glad that you brought up that, yeah, you have bad days because I think on the outside, when people see you, for example, being successful and having this beautiful place and, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, she has it all together. Everything must be easy, you know, and it's not like you're a human being. We're human beings and we still have emotions. We still have feelings. And when things aren't going great, it, it hurts our hearts. It really does. And, you know, the emotional intelligence, your own emotional intelligence is something that I did not know anything about. I was um uh, back against the wall. I have a very strong personality. I'm opinionated. And through this opening of the restaurant, I mean, I literally sobbed one day and I, my children would say to me, you know, you don't cry. And I'm like, well, I'm not crying in front of anybody, <laughs> but opening the restaurant when I got my food license that day, I had worked so hard for over a year, two jobs, all the kids, all the activities. And when he, ha- I could cry now, honestly, just saying it, when he handed me that paper, Ugh. I just, I had my mask on and the tears, they just started. And I couldn't stop because I had gotten to that. I felt like I climbed Mount Everest, Tina. Like, I don't know how to explain to you. I had clawed away and I had with the banks and with family and, and just opinions. And what am I doing? Leaving this job to go do this. And no one knew anything what pure and simple was. And I did it. I did it. I went outside, basically like on the ground, called my sister sobbing. The construction workers were bringing me tissues, trying to, you're okay. You're okay. And everybody, I think they could feel how much passion I had for this project that they were actually too. They were they were tears. They were patting me on the arm and they're like, you got it. You're okay. You got oh it. You my did God, it. What a it beautiful was, moment. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was absolutely, it was amazing. And I still, to this day, cannot believe that I pulled this off and that I'm getting such amazing feedback. I knew in my heart what I like. I knew I wanted a place where I could go with my friends and family. I knew I wanted something fresh. I wanted something modern but nothing too over the top. Yeah. I knew, uh, yes. I, and, and something like that actually meant something to me. Crepes, like my, my daughter is in making them like we would do in France, like that, Ugh. that connection for my family. And if I said, if I really like it, somebody will like, they have to like, it. Oh my God. And I know like your head is down and you are doing your thing, but man, it, people are loving the whole experience. And like, I'm in the foodie world and, you know, I'm picky about my food, (laughs) but I absolutely love that place. But I just want to back up a bit and I'm, you know, I can actually picture that moment for you. And I just wanted to say, like, I am so proud of you. Oh, I have said your name many times. And it's so funny because we only met a short, (laughs) short while ago. Yes, (laughs) And I remember when we first met on Zoom when we were having that call and I got off the phone and I was like, she is going to go places. And I just had this feeling, but like almost as if I knew you, I know this sounds so weird, but I was rooting for you. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't wait to see this come. And I knew that you were a hard worker and you had all these things together and I just couldn't wait to see you succeed. And 
I think so many people are rooting for you and rooting because you know what? That paper in your hands was not just the restaurant. No. It was like almost all of the last five years of all of your hardships, of everything that you've been working through, of everything that you've overcome. And then this is, this is the end result. And how have we not talked about also that this was in the middle of COVID? (laughs) So as if you didn't need anything else on top of this, in the middle of all of this, you, you had, we had COVID. Middle of COVID on top of that, it was, um, oh, when I started this, COVID was just starting. And, you know, at that point it was, um, what is this? What's happening? Oh, that's happening all over in Europe. And, and wherever. And I was getting feedback from like my friends in France and, and, um, I, I just didn't even think about it. I'm like, this is all okay. It'll figure itself out. It won't last long. I got this. And then I kept going and it kept going and getting worse and worse. And I, I just said, that's it. I'm doing it. Like it has to be, there has to be an opportunity here. There has to be something, there has to be some good that comes out of all of this. And if this is, I got to work from home. So working from home and, and having my children at home, I got to whatever little thing I could find, I took it and I ate it up. It meant that I didn't have to rush out. I was here in the morning, you know, and like that had its challenges too, trying to work and, and with your children and educate them and all that. I'm not trying to make light of it, but I found an advantage in it that I, I knew this was going to be rough, but I got to spend all that time with them. And then I also had less running around. So it gave me an extra hour every day. I wasn't driving back and forth to work. So let's use that time efficiently. Let's find a way to make everything work better. I'm going to go for a walk at lunch, 20 minutes when before I'd be in my office and probably eating some type of whatever just to keep me going. And all like it just changed the way. And I really felt that COVID was going to change the way that we thought about certain things. And one of the things was time. And like I mentioned Mm -hmm. before, I'm, I take advantage of every moment of my day. Yes. COVID has brought us closer to our roots. I am convinced it has not been easy on businesses, but people want to go out now and have an experience. They want to spend time together. They're learning to slow down. It that way the world shut down to where we're going back. I don't want to go back to that way. I don't either. And I hope we don't. And the whole common denominator, though, like the more you share your story and the more we talk about your struggles and all these things, I think one of the things that sets you apart from most people is that you are solution focused rather than problem focused, you know? And I feel we both have that in common. Like when something hard happens, We don't focus on the problem. We're like, okay, this is the problem. This is as it is. But how can I solve this problem? How can I find that silver lining? And I feel that if you can train your your brain to look for the solution, it's it's just a game changer. It it is, and I don't know. It's um, it's something that I've lived with or lived by for a long time now, and it's just the way it is that. I will figure it out. I will find a solution. But there's also a lot of, no matter how hard certain days are or certain things, there's always something good in it. And like I said, I have a huge, um, 
I feel that overall humanity, people are trying their best. And as long as you try in your heart, if I can sleep well at night, if my karma is good, yes, I'm going to share that out and that will do me well. And I just live by it that I'm not always that person and I'm not trying to make myself sound like, but I do try. And I know in my heart of my heart, even when I mess up, I am trying. And that is, it's huge for me. It's really it's liberating to a certain sense. Absolutely. I love that. And you're right. As long as you are trying and trying to move forward and trying to be your best in, in terms of what your goals are and who you want to be, I think that's all that matters. And I think this idea, I know I've talked about this in the podcast before, but the idea of perfection, like we have to let that go. You know, we just really have to let go of the fact of you need to be like everybody else or you need to be a certain way and just show up for you and yourself and be a version of yourself that you're happy with. Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, um, I am who I am. I say mm-hmm. it all the time and this is what you get. Now I'm always trying to improve. I am a very hard worker and I want to excel here is not good. I want to go further than my arm can reach. Gina. Yeah. Like I, I will do that. But I also realize that like right now, um, my house it's, it's not, it's not okay. And I would have a lot of issues with that before because I like things very orderly, very structured. But I realized that when I leave my restaurant, I cannot come home and try and take care of my house. It just, I just got to let it go for a while and learn to pass some things off and just the rest, just let it go. Because trying to do everything, you will not do the certain things really, really well. You can only give so much, right? I agree. And I feel that's where a lot of people get stuck is that, they're trying to do all of the things. And it's like, no, what things can go? Like what's something, if you're listening right now and saying, yeah, man, I got too much on my plate. What's one thing you can say, you know what, do I really need to be doing this? Can I deal with the dishes not being done, the laundry not being done? Or can I deal with maybe my kids only being in one sport rather than three? Guaranteed, if you really looked at it, there are some things you can delegate or you can get rid of that could just clean up so much space in your heart and your mind. And then allow you to find that happiness. It's, um, yeah, there's no choice, I think. And the more that you wish to do something and to achieve, you have to learn how to let certain things go. And that is something I think I always have a lot of issues with because I work so hard and I try so hard, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting so much better at it. And it's, um, it's actually, it feels really good. It feels like, it's, I always felt like it was going to be stress, you know, the house not organized. And because I always work better when things I know where they're to, but then to realize, you know, I put in a full day, I put in more than a full day and I should be proud and it's okay. It's, it's, and if people don't like it, it, that's okay too. Like exactly. If you don't like the, my messy house and don't come over, (laughs) don't come over. (laughs) Don't come over because uh, yeah, this is what you get. This is a package, right? But I think too, like if someone's listening and saying, oh man, I, I'd love to get there. I think that you get to a point where you have the self-acceptance is when you really just tap into and start doing the work on loving yourself and being okay with other people, not understanding who you are, not trying to explain who you are and just being like, you know what, I'm going to be me. And the right people will stick around. Maybe I'll even attract some amazing people. Like, I just think, like, when I have these conversations with amazing women like you, 
I stop and I go like, what if I didn't give myself a chance in this realm? What if I believe the stories I told myself several years ago? What if I believed what friends and family told me? And it's that it's once again, this knowing and this trusting and this really tapping into asking yourself, who am I? What makes me happy? What makes you happy? And that's, that's the question. And if we can ask ourselves that question, honestly, sky's the limit. 100%. The sky's the limit, right? Yeah. So yeah, I do feel that unachievable, it is achievable. It you is. can find yeah. your own happiness as long as you give yourself the opportunity to try. And what you mentioned there, you know, about having too much on your plate. I've seen it with friends and they ask me certain questions. So it's like, make a list. What can you get off? What do you need to not do to make your day better? And a lot of times they, they can't because yeah. they look at too much of the big picture. I always say, don't look too big right now. Like, just do, just do <laughs> yeah. one little thing. Just pick that one little thing, one little thing that you want to improve. Yeah. Go with it. Absolutely. And take small steps. Like I feel what happens with change is people like yourself and, and myself, we go through these hard things and then we have this push to change. And then we want to change so bad, but I don't know about you, but when I first started like all this work, I wanted to do everything, <laughs> you know, but you don't have to do everything. Like the magic is in the little things, the little steps, the, the small minute changes. And, you know, Tony Robbins calls them these one millimeter shifts, right? These one millimeter shifts that you can make that will change the whole, the whole course of your life. So like you say, what can go off your list? And then so many people hold on those reins so tight, but man, just think about the tension in your body when you're holding everything so tight, just let it go. Be like Elsa. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not an easy thing. I think especially yeah. people like ourselves that put so much into everything, it's really not easy to let it go and to yeah. let things be, but that's it. You, you realize that the higher you want to, to excel that you have to learn to let things go, delegate Got to. and just wash your hands of other things. Right. Absolutely. And I know it's not easy to let it go, but it's not easy to hold on either. Like, you know, pick, pick your heart. Which one do you want the most? Yes. Like, do you, do you want that goal? And if you want that goal, then you know what, this, this is one of the sacrifices that you have to do to, to make it happen. And you know, a lot of people don't want to let go of those reins and they, they sacrifice themselves and their time and their energy and their, their peace. And then they keep going in this cycle where they just can't get out of it. Right. So drop something. <laughs> it's not going to be the end of the world. <laughs> no, no, just do it. And if you want to pick it back up, you pick it back up. It's like, yeah, just go out and try it and do it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question before we dive into the rapid fire questions, which I can't wait to do with you. But if you had to go back and tell your younger self something, maybe a lesson, a gold nugget or something that you think could have a profound impact on her life, what would it be? Oh, God. (laughs) I think, honestly, um, just to tell myself how beautiful I was in in a in as a person, because I'm 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 a tad odd. Like, I know. I am a different character. No, you're not. You're amazing. 100%. I have different ideas and I've, I never had that confidence. You know, I was very tall. I was very skinny. I was freckles all over. Like, and I just wish I saw, I had been able to tell myself, like, I look back 
I don't know. I happened to, I think around 35 years old. And I look back at my pictures when I was like 19 and 20, I'm like, girl, you are gorgeous. Like put those shoulders back, chin up now, go, go, go. And I wish I had to have that little push to see, you know, to give myself that confidence, especially at a younger age that I have right now, but I wouldn't be who I am right now without going through everything that I've gone through. Right. But I think, yeah, just to tell, and I say it to my children all the time, you have a beautiful, you are a beautiful person. And when I recognize somebody with a beautiful soul, I always say to them, there's not a lot of people that I say it to, but I do say it to certain people when you can feel mm -hmm. that there's something in there. It's, it's, I think it's the best gift that you can give somebody to acknowledge their beauty. And I'm not just talking about you know, physical, I'm talking about an inner beauty, right? I couldn't agree more. And that's one thing that I'm very conscious of. I send like random text messages to my friends, to acquaintances, to like people on my social media. And I say those things because they can really make a difference. All you need is just one person to plant a seed of something positive, just as it only takes one person to plant a seed of something negative, like uh -huh. be that person to plant the positive and just see what happens. And I just want to kind of go back to what you said there, because a lot of women will say they wish that they could go back and tell the young, their younger, younger self that they were beautiful and confident and all these things. And, you know, everyone kind of points out like, I, you know, I'm a little different and I'm this and I'm that. And can you imagine how different our lives would be if every single human being on this planet was given permission just to be who they are? Every single human you meet has quirkiness, has in, like yes. interesting traits, but we have been taught to look at them as something that makes you different and not cool or not good. But realistically, we all have it. It's just a lot of people has gotten really good at covering it up and fitting in. And I think that we should just embrace those things about ourselves because we're not supposed to be the same. No, we're not supposed to be the same. But I do feel as, you know, as we are getting better with it. We, we are. are getting better at being different, at being an individual. Individuality is something now that, you know, everybody wants to share and to show. Yes. and we're much more accepting and it will never be perfect. But if I can, if I can put that plant a seed in myself and I'm planting it in my children, even as they have doubts, maybe when they have their children, we'll be in a better spot. Yes. We're already, every little bit is making us better and more independent and more individual. And I say it all the time. I am a little bit odd. I acknowledge it. I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. I, I think it kind of makes me that person who I am right now. And I like me. So it's not a bad thing. It's right? not a bad thing. No, it's a wonderful thing. And my wish would be that everybody could step into that confidence and see all of their qualities as something beautiful and just really just accept themselves and be who they are. Because I just feel like the more we peel back the layers and the more accepting we are, like you are going to see more people do that. And I just think that's beautiful. I really do. And that's my wish is that I just to have people be who they are and not feel like they're trapped into a body or not feel that they can't be themselves because I still have a lot of conversations with women who are like, it's not safe for me to show these sides of me or to share this gift or like when I'm helping my clients grow their businesses, there's still so much reservation of putting themselves out there and, oh, what are people going to think? Like, 
ah, I really want to like helping women bust these beliefs are, are, it's just, it is the pivotal thing for me and for others to, to really step into their own and follow their dreams. Like that's, that's the best way I can say it. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving me this opportunity to speak and to to share a little bit, which is out of my comfort zone. And the reason and the why of I'm doing this, you know, beyond anything else, it's it's for myself and it's for my family and it's for my children. And it's just, it's a really good thing that you're doing right now and sharing and promoting because yeah, it's it's just it's very heartwarming and touching to be able to to share and and for you to do this and make me feel so comfortable that I Aww. say so much, Gina. That <laughs> you know, it's and no, it's really good. It's a good thing. Well, I and I know I've already said it, but I am really proud of you and for coming on and just sharing and everything that you have talked about and opened up about, I guarantee you there's people who are probably going to run and open up their own business after this and, you know, and just really start living the life that they want and, you know, showing up as a better parent and showing their children how to lead by example. Like you just shared so many amazing things. And I know this journey has not been easy for you. And I'm in awe of your resilience and your ability to just keep getting back up and the ripple effect that you're having, I don't think you'll ever see. So, oh, thank you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> now I think we should have a bit of fun. <laughs> yes, yes. I always like fun. So if you're not familiar with the rapid fire questions, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. No overthinking. The first thing that comes to your mind, just get it out there. Okay. I- How does that sound? I'm ready. I'm like getting in position. I'm ready. Go. Shoulders back, chin up. (laughs) Right. Okay. Here we go. Who is your favorite spice girl? Scary. Nachos or tacos? Oh, nachos. Me too. A nickname you used to have or still have? JK. Ooh, JK. Mom was GK. (laughs) So I never put those two things together before. (laughs) If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Oh, back to Ibiza. Was it beautiful? It's beautiful. It's, it's the most white blue. You could see the music in the background, the lights. Oh, breathtaking. I'm adding that one to my list. Oh, this is going to be easier for you, but say a word in French and it can't be bonjour. You have to say a sentence. It can't be a word because like, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, I know one, a good one. La, la vie est belle. Life is beautiful. I love it. I got to be honest, the next question has been hit or miss and not many people have gotten this one and it's broken my heart. So I really hope you're able to answer this one. Who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Oh my. I gotta say, what's that redheaded girl? I'm going with her. Hermione. Yes, her. So you're good. You at least you knew there was a redhead in there. I got, we're good. I knew, (laughs) yes, I did. I'm sure I read the books at one time. But thinking of their names, oh. (laughs) You're still, you're still in. You're still good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunrise. What's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh, I got to say my own. I'm sorry. That's my French toast. Mm. I love my French toast. And it's covered in this um, creme anglaise and English cream. That reminds me of this little um, bakery that was in Jarnac called La Benette. It just, I get that. And I just sit there and I could just, oh, it's just delicious. French toast. I'm going to have to, I think I might go there tomorrow. <laughs> <I think laughs> Come say hi to me. I'm there. Okay. Um, what's your go-to song if you need like a pick-me-up? 
Oh, la vie est belle. La vie. Ah, non, la vie en rose. Ida Piat. Oh, the one that Lady Gaga sang in the bar. Yes, that wow. is. But it was originally sang by Edith Piaf. I have it on my phone as an alarm. I, my children, not again, mom. It's my, it's so passionate. I just, oh, I could feel it like the little goosebumps. I love it. Love it. Describe yourself in three words. Determined, hot-headed. There's two, but I'm going to make it one. Determined, hot-headed, and beautiful. Oh, I love it. Um, this one's a little bit more serious, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier in life? Um, know your audience. That's so important in life and in business. Especially for your character building, it is. Brilliant. Well, Jennifer, this has been freaking amazing. I feel like we we could just talk about so many things. You've shared so many gold nuggets. You just, you hit it out of the park. And I just wanted to say thank you again for being here for taking this time and sharing your story and just for, for being you and your amazing self. So thank you. No, thank you so much. Honestly, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I also thought we could just keep on going on and on. I think we're learning more and more about each other. And we're like, you go girl. Like, it's like, I love it. And thank you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and just your huge platform to be able to share a little bit and hopefully give somebody else the opportunity to get out there and make themselves happy. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I have a funny feeling that we're going to get to know each other even more. I think so. So I know I've already given the plug um, where you are, but did you just want to tell our listeners where your location is and how they can find your amazing restaurant? I am at 1641 Topsail Road in Paradise. It's a beautiful location. If you're walking on the trails or just coming by from out of town or you just want a place to go, it's absolutely beautiful. I love it. So yeah, stop down and say hi. Absolutely. And they can follow you on social media by looking up Pure and Simple to see what's on the go. You can see all the amazing photos of the food. The oat latte is to die for. And I'm going to go tomorrow and try the French toast. (laughs) Oh, yes. I know you're going to love it. French toast covered in English cream and fresh fruit. It is divine. Oh, my God. I'm drooling already. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, before I do let you go, do you have any last bit of advice for our listeners or maybe one more gold nugget that you can leave them to have a pep in their step and maybe just change the direction of their day? Um, I think honestly, like I said earlier, is just go out and do it. Don't overthink it. You don't need to know it all. Just go and do it and see what happens because every little step that you make it's opening other possibilities and just go do it. Who cares? What's the worst that's going to happen? Absolutely. Just go do it, folks. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to keep it real and to have some fun. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative real is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.